You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And now with my next guest, we're diving into a topic that everyone knows that I love. Uh, This is human design. We're talking about claiming your sovereignty with human design with the amazing Christine Spicer. Welcome to the show, Christine. Mm, Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me on the show, Natalie. I am excited to share your wisdom. And you always seem so calm and centered to me. And it's funny because, I mean, we'll probably talk about this. Um, And I know I'm always so um, vibing and energetic. Maybe that's because I'm a generator. So for those of you that don't know Christine, in 2005, Christine Spicer stumbled across human design while traveling in Germany and discovering that she belonged to an aura type representing just 1.5% of the population. Uh, which is called a reflector. She unlocked immediate relief, answering many riddles about her own life and activating her own human design map, enabled profound healing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, Back then, human design was completely unknown to New Zealand. So we can really thank Christine for bringing it here. She studied through the International Human Design School, traveling regularly to Europe for human design conferences and teaching, she visited the birthplace of human design, also receiving many teachings from Ra Uruhu, the man who received this system back in 1987. She actually became New Zealand's first certified analyst in 2009 after completing four years of professional training, learning to speak the language of human design, analysis, synthesis, and read human design charts. Well, Christine, it is an absolute honor to have you here. My ta- my audience has maybe heard me talk a little bit about human design. For some people, it will be brand new. Before we dive into the what is it and how does it work, can you give us a little bit of backstory? How did you get to this point? Yeah, well, I was <clears throat> I was traveling in Germany with my family, having a uh, some time away, well earned time away from a very high-pressure corporate role that I had at the time. And my friend was studying human design, and that's how I stumbled across it. And um, I'd been working as um, in a senior leadership role in organizational development, and my background was training and development and everything people-based. And as part of that role, of course, one of my specialties was profiling, you know, so all those different psychometric profiling tools that tell us about who we are. And when I found human design, I was completely blown away because, wow, it was more accurate than all of these things. You know, I put in the chart of my my children, my then husband, myself, and my mind was so curious and my whole being was so in wonder that this could be so accurate that I just started studying it. You know, I had to know how all of this worked, but most of all, it helped me. So um, I've worked for a long time as a leadership coach, and that was what I was, you know, moving towards at that time. But I was then able to bring human design into my leadership coaching work once I was qualified. And that really gave me an extra tool, which is quite a different approach for people in business in New Zealand, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) So, you know, it's been something that um, has brought me real delight in my life because I have been able to work with people, you know, from young people right through to my oldest client, I think, ever was in her 80s. And yeah, so it's a real pleasure to be able to 
make a difference to people's lives so that they can understand themselves in a whole different way. And I think now, you know, more than ever, people are leaning in and diving into self-understanding like never before, which is brilliant. And I'm the same as you. I'd known all about all the other, you know, wealth dynamics and strength finders and everything, which I totally love. But until I met human design, I, I never really, it just kind of made everything make sense. I'm so excited for you to share a bit more on that. But before we do, claiming your sovereignty. This is uh, the title of of our topic today. What exactly do you mean by claiming your sovereignty? It's a term that some of my audience will be familiar with and some won't at all. Mm. Yeah, so what I mean by that is that there is an essential self inside each person, you know, the part of you that is the most precious. It's the part of you that's the most authentic. And when we follow our human design map over time, we really claim our full power of who we are. And that power always turns up in an entirely unique way for each human being. You know, it looks different. We live in a society where there is so much um, tendency to try to emulate people. (laughs) And yet this is not about emulating anyone. It's about becoming yourself and really claiming that full power and that sovereignty because it is this feeling of, ah, yeah, I can navigate this world as myself. I can own my responsibility for all of my decisions and then I experiment and see where that takes me. But it's a whole different centred way of being which gives a a feeling of royalty in its best sense as in your most empowered self. Hmm. One of the things I've found with profiling or personality types or something like that in the past is some people... um, are resistant to it, meaning they'll say something along the lines of, don't put me in a box, you know, please don't label me. How do you, how can you respond to that with reference to human design and some of these other profiling techniques? Yeah, well, <laughs> human design is so specific to each person that there are as many charts, as many designs on the planet as there are people. So You know, if you object to being put in the box, which is your box amongst the, you know, there's 8 billion different designs and the reading that what I'm reading in your chart is your design. So that's your only box that I'm putting you in, which is you. (laughs) Um, And that's entirely different to every every other person on the planet. So, um, yeah, it's about uniqueness. Uh, Human design is actually about differentiation. It's not about sameness. It's about that each person has their specific way of being, their specific gifts, and it's knowing that particular recipe that is you that helps you navigate your chart. There are some things that are in common. It's like, you know, all, you know, human beings, we all have a body, right? We all have, you know, most people have two arms, two legs. So there's some things like that in human design, which are, Ah, okay, so there are some similarities with some other what we call types, they're aura types, but inside those aura types, there are four aura types, but inside of those, each person is entirely unique. And um, in a moment, I'd love you to share, you know, what are people will be wondering, well, what what are those types and how do I know which one I am? Um, so actually, let's let's go there now and then I'll go to my other question after. Yeah, what are okay. the types and how do they know what they are? 
Yeah. So the way you know what you are is it's all based on your time, place and date of birth. And so you can go and look your look your chart up for free. You get a map, which is a map representing your body. It looks a little bit like a whole lot of chakras, although there are nine of them, um, with channels um, connecting them, which are flows of energy. So that's how you know what you are. Um, and the four aura types. Yeah. So the four aura types are there are generators and manifesting generators and these are the people with the creative energy that life force juicy life force energy on the planet and engaging that life force correctly to build and create is everything that brings satisfaction to these people whereas there are also manifestors and manifestors are entirely different to that actually we're all conditioned to be manifestors because this is the type that um, is the proactive go-getter type. And this type is the type that is actually here to be the door opener, to be the initiator. So manifestors are actually the ones that are here to be proactive and open the way for other people. And, um, you know, we're all we're all conditioned to go after things and there's so much movement, particularly in the spiritual world to, you know, to work out how do I manifest things? <laughs> so, you know, it's actually only eight or 9% of the people who are designed like that. Whereas the generators and manifesting generators that I talked about before is around 70% of the population. It's actually the majority. And then there are projectors and projectors are, you know, the students of life, really. Projectors are, the gift of a projector is really all about being able to read and guide energy. And they're the people who are always interested in how people work and who they are. They're the people who see, <laughs> they see so much of what's going on, particularly between people and in systems. And there's about 22% of the population that are projectors and these people are really here to read and guide that energy that I talked about before, but not be it. And of course, you know, the difficulty is we're all often conditioned to be something that we're not. And a lot of projectors end up being the energy rather than reading the energy. Yeah, so that's the um, third type. And then the fourth type is the reflector, which is what I am. And we are 1.5% of the population, and um, we're here as, in a way, mirrors or canaries. You know, a, a reflector is a completely open being, and we're here to, in a way, mirror back the community, the group that we're in, the people we're with, and with the purpose, really, of uplifting. It's about lifting people to the next level, creating space to lift people up, Yeah. Well, so those it, are the four types. Yeah, it's not often that that we that you meet a reflector because they are so rare. Um, I imagine of our listeners, if everyone did their chart, you know, we obviously would have some reflectors. What is so, you know, I, I often I'll talk to people and they'll say, "Oh, generators and manifesting generators, seventy percent of the population, so common." I want to be a reflector, but it's not easy to be a reflector. Can you elaborate a little bit more about how has it, how has it been for you being a reflector, and when you realized you were one? Did you have like a shoulder drop moment? Yeah, it's, um, well, at first when I found out I was a reflector, I was hugely relieved because I recognized it and it suddenly made sense um, of so many 
experiences I'd had where I just felt like I was different. And, you know, when you when you only belong to 1.5% of the population, then, of course, you're different. Um, so that was a huge relief, yeah. And yet then when I started to realise what it actually meant, I was horrified because I was living a life which was a very stressful, high-powered life. And that is the opposite of the way I'm designed to be in the world because I was, you know, I was completely conditioned by my environment, you know, we're the canaries. And so I was working in a big corporate role and I was, you know, the big corporate manager. Um, so it really meant that over time experimenting with my design, I had to let go of, I didn't have to, I chose to, I chose to follow my design. And over time, my life really changed. And, um, but it wasn't easy because it meant slowing down. It meant changing my way of interacting with the world. And I have to say, oh, when I really started to do that, it was such a relief. You know, I'd been so successful in the world. It wasn't that my life was bad. I had a really a beautiful life on so many levels. And yet I was exhausted. And I noticed as I got older that really my life seemed to always serve other people better than it served me. And so human design in the end brought me a huge uh, affirmation that if I was going to live the way other people did, I would be really unwell. And actually it was becoming unwell that really pushed me to say, ah, this is not sustainable this way that I'm living. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's not easy, but it is. Um, so worthwhile. Well, you've embraced it and you've the pace of life, like you highlighted, that you've chosen to live in alignment with your energy type. Do you find that a lot of people are actually living out of alignment or the terminology in human design would be they're not self-themed? So for example, somebody might be a projector, but they're trying to live like a generator. Or, you know, it's, it's some of the stuff you were saying before about you know, manifestors. I'm a generator who I think I was trying to be a manifester, you know, mm -hmm. telling people what to do and opening the doors and initiating. But really my strategy that serves me is to sit back and wait and respond, which is so unnatural for me. Can you talk about people living out of alignment? Yes. And I know this so well, because I was living out of alignment. So <laughs> um, living out of alignment generally um, leads to ill health. It leads to exhaustion and most of all, it leads to a sense of life gets kind of thin, this feeling of life's thin and no matter how much, no matter how hard we try, it's hard work and always coming up against obstacles, one obstacle after another and um, a lack of meaning. So, you know, there are other symptoms of living out of alignment, but those symptoms um, are usually people really feeling like there's something not right here and I don't know what it is and no matter how hard I try, I can't work it out. I've tried all these different ways. I've tried all these healing methods and they help me a little bit and then they don't. And that was me. You know, I would try all these different techniques. I would, you know, have massages, go to yoga, you know, do all these different things. Temporary relief. Mm. It's almost like looking for something to help you sustain the pace. But the, the problem is you're not meant to go that pace. Well, you mm. weren't meant to go that pace. What about someone like me? I'm a generator. I'm a three, five generator. I am go, go, go. 
but what I actually desire is to be more present. Mm. Yeah. And this is the thing. So of course we've been talking about pace, but it's not all about pace. It's about quality. And so even someone who is going at the pace they're designed to go, when they live their design in a different and authentic way, it brings them literally into their body and being in a different way, which allows a higher, a much richer way of interacting and being. And I think that's, you know, what you probably perhaps meaning when you say presence, uh, because it just changed the whole quality of what you see in the world and the way your interactions flow. Um, yeah, so quality of life is uh, something that is really enhanced by following your strategy and authority because human design is really practical, you know, so it gives us a map, but it also gives us the tools to make decisions based on our own inner, what we call our inner authority or our a process that brings us to our authority. And so... This is extremely helpful because, of course, <laughs> and this is the kicker, really, for none of us, it's the mind. You know, a lot of people, most people are making decisions with their mind. Or if they're not making decisions with their mind, then they're told to follow their heart. But actually, the heart, people following their heart, it's only about 0.54% mm. of the population who are designed to follow their heart. And so... um yeah, this can really take people off track and it can be this feeling of an inner battle going on. You know, my head says one thing, my heart says another, my gut says something else. Which do I follow? And this tells you which to follow and how to interact with other people as well. So yeah. I agree. I think there's so much general advice out there. Like you said, a lot of the life coaching or the mindset advice is probably coming from I think, I think manifestors, but you know, I mean, mindset is important, but it's extra important. I think for the manifestors and the manifesting generators, even things like, oh, go with your gut or, you know, follow your heart, not for everybody. And, but if you find out your chart, your human design chart, and then you find out which of those is relevant for you, it can be a game changer. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So for the past 17 years, I believe you've been, and you use the term experimenting with your human design. How can we, you know, the general population, once we know what type we are, how can we experiment with our human design type and living in alignment with that? Yeah. So, so it's about, yes, finding out your particular chart and then finding out what your decision-making strategy and authority is and then literally trying it out. So if you're somebody who is designed to follow your gut response, which is in fact a sacral response, then it's kind of like a game. It's, ah, so I need to notice when I'm making my decision with my mind. And then I need to really tune in and see when or when do I experience a sacral response, you know, energy rising, my whole body lighting up, energy speaking to me saying, uh-huh, yes, if that's my authority, then do I literally have the guts to follow it? Or, you know, or am I going to experience this response in my body? You know, someone asks me something or an opportunity comes towards me and my whole body and being lights up and goes, oh, yeah, uh-huh. And then my head says, oh, no, but you were going to do this, this, and this. And then that's that choice point. Will I follow 
my gut response? Will I follow my sacral response or will I follow my mind? And this is the experiment. And then it's, ah, so if I do follow that uh, sacral response, then what happens? What's my experience? How am I in that experience? And then if I don't, that's also an experiment. It's like, oh, okay, so how was that? What did I experience? Yeah, and so this is the experiment. But, of course, um, we're all a lot more than just our strategy and authority. There's a whole lot of things in our design which is really unique and specific to us. And so what I do recommend for people is that they, you know, that they, if they can, have a human design reading so that they get their charts synthesised through the language of human design, and it's like a big download, really, of your particular personal instructions. Um, and then you have a resource to listen to and to then engage with your experiment in your life. So, yeah. And I know I had a reading with you, and then I went on and, and purchased your online course. And I know in in uh, parts of it, you talk about journaling, right? So with this experiment, you know, I'm not, I don't really make decisions with my head, but I know, you know, some people that's their default. And for them to go, okay, I know I normally go with the logic and the pros and cons or whatever, but I'm going to actually feel into this. I'm going to give it a go, but then to journal on it. How, how did that go for you? I was really resistant, mm -hmm. but actually you'll never believe the opportunity that actually came out of that when I did finally, you know, give it a go going with my gut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So can, so what about the power of journaling? Do you, do you advise that for people as they try to experiment with their design? Yeah, I think it's really helpful. I mean, I'm so grateful to my former self that I wrote journals all the time when I was first experimenting and for many years. And um, it, it's a real resource to go back to. And I found that even though sometimes things didn't quite make sense and I would write something down anyway, later when I had, you know, the sudden moment, ah, that's what that's about. I would go back and look at it and see, ah, what was happening at that time? And it just gave that richness to my learning about my design and the way that it really functioned in the world. Yeah. I'm excited for people that are hearing about this for the first time, or maybe like me, I'd heard about it six years ago, everybody, but until it kind of came back into my life, I didn't really lean in and dive into it. And I would suggest, you know, what I'm doing is having a journal that is the dedicated journal for um, not just self-reflection and what's going on in my life and goals, but actually my human design journal where I write down decisions, opportunities, and what I'm noticing about, about the experience. And I would definitely recommend that. Um, I'm going to come in a moment to the questions that I ask everybody, uh, but I'd love to know on your own experience, all of the retreats that you've run with people, the readings that you've done with people. Can you give some examples of, you know, how it can change someone's life when they actually, number one, realize what human design type they are, and more importantly, start living in alignment with it? Yeah, wow. There's been so many people who've changed their lives with it, you know, people who've, um, I was thinking about one person in particular um, who, when I met her, you know, she was in an office job that she really didn't like, and, um, feeling very flat and uninspired. And I saw her last weekend and uh, she's running this amazing business, which is all about composting because, you know, her love was gardening and um, she's into biodynamics and all of that. And uh, now she's, you know, speaking internationally all about biodynamics. She's got her 
um, her passion, which was her hobby, which she had to do in the weekend. That's now her job. Um, and she's healthier. So this is the thing about human mm. design. It's not just about what you're doing. It's about your body. So it's actually about the sustainability of your health and well-being. And people's health can really transform. Um, I was, when I found human design, I was pretty burnt out. And that was 17 years ago. And my body feels better now than it did 17 years ago. And that's really saying something at my age, you know. So um, it can change health as well. Um, yeah, and also some people are worried that their human, you know, engaging with their design might mean, oh, that means my marriage is going to end or something. Well, it might. <laughs> but I've seen people who've come to human design really unhappy in their marriage who've then really engaged with their design and found, ah, I've got a whole new marriage, but it's not that they've got a new partner. It's just that they are then more authentic and new inside of themselves. And then they're engaging with their partner in a whole different way. And then that's bringing something alive that wasn't there before. So, you know, it's so different for each person. Um, but I, I've seen so many people um, make huge changes, people who've had children who had mentally decided they weren't going to and then their strategy and authority took them there and they're like, wow, I'm so delighted I've had a child. You know, huge decisions for people. Mm. I, I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned about the relationships and, of course, in a marriage relationship or even in a relationship with children, I find it fascinating. You know, I've always, the book that I wrote many years ago, five or six years ago, was called If Only They Told Me. And mm. it's a parenting book. Um, based on, you know, me talking about why is the relationship so hard? No one ever told you how hard the relationship is when you have children. And so that was, that was, you know, my incentive back then. But what I've always loved doing is empowering people to understand each other and to treat themselves and their children equal, but not the same. And I feel like human design is a big key for people to do that. Yeah, it's a huge key. And actually, human design is for children. I mean, this is the point of human design being in the world, because the person who was the messenger of human design, Ra-Uruhu, um, he really wanted to reach parents so that he could reach children, because it's for this post-truth world that we're living mm. in, you know, this world where it's so hard to know what the truth is outside of ourselves. And if we can teach our children how to tune into their own authority, and if we can raise them in that way, then they are navigating in this very difficult world in a whole different way. They're not having to listen to authority outside of themselves to know what's really true and healthy for them. And so, you know, I'm really motivated to help, in particular, parents um, learn about themselves and be able to help their children. It's so important. I didn't realize that about you. And I'm so glad our paths crossed, you know, because when people learned that I was starting to dive into human design, so many people said to me, oh, do you know Christine Spicer? Oh, did you train with Christine? Yeah. And so I reached out to you as I do, you know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'd love to chat with you. And of course, I'd love to interview you, but learn more. I'm actually going to your retreat. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you how people can connect and what you've got coming up. But mm -hmm. I didn't realize, you know, the connection with children. And for me, if we can, you know, this new, if we can shift to the consciousness of humanity and specifically raise a new generation of children that are more into holistic views on the world and not reliant on just being told what to say and when to speak and things mm -hmm. like that, that you talk about the post-truth world. Well, here we are. 
Mm. We are. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, human design is for these times. I mean, these last three years, if people can't navigate with their own authority, (laughs) they're in trouble, you know, and we can see how people can really get into trouble if they are just swallowing everything that is around them. So um, it's incredibly important to stay sovereign, (laughs) stay in our own authority. Well, that's right. And I mean, here on Reality Check Radio, you know, that is what we're about. Um, but a lot of people still won't be doing that. They won't be able to rely on, you know, whether they're splenic or their um, it's their solar plexus or their sacral that they're make, supposed, supposed to make decisions with based on their human design. They'll just be so used to going back to their brain or going back mm. to what they've been told. Um, I guess, you know, not everyone's going to be open to the human design or open to mm. tapping into their own energy type. And I guess what they're just on their own journey. We just let them be. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are certain people who are going to find this knowledge and, um, and those certain people have a particular connection with human design and yeah, they're the people it's for really. Yeah. Mm. Well, I found it so powerful and so exciting. I'm so excited to learn more from you. Um, I'm going to go to the questions now, Christine, what is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave? Yeah, there was, there was something that I had to take a big deep breath and um, really feel into using my strategy and authority, which took some time. And that is that I, I'd been working with a, a client company um, with my leadership work for since 2008. And I had been working with their directors, um, successive directors over that time. And I came to the point of really feeling uncomfortable that the direction of the company really wasn't going in a way that felt okay for me. And so I resigned from providing services for them. <laughs> and that was a big thing because it was a financial impact. And But I really felt like if I'm going to walk my talk mm-hmm. and if I really care about the way people, the way we are with people and how we develop leadership in this country, then I want to put my time and energy into people who are um, really aligned with that, with um, the health and well-being of people. Mm. Well, so that was a big, big thing. <laughs> that is a bold. It is a bold move. But as you know, and in human design, when we when we say no to what what isn't a fit, you know, suited for us, then different and better usually opportunities come our way. Did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a little bit scary at the time. <laughs> I had to take a big deep breath. Um, but absolutely, things have opened up and um, all sorts of things have come in their place. So things that really light me up and I'm able to put my creativity into in my fullness rather than dragging myself there, which started to be what was happening. And that's mm-hmm. always a sign. Mm, not so aligned. Mm. Okay, the next question is the bucket list. What is one thing on your bucket list, something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that possibly the Up Your Brave RCR community can help you with? Yeah, well, I I lead um, immersion retreats for different types for human design, and I've led them for three of the types. But the one type I haven't led them for is reflectors, which mm-hmm. is my type. And the reason I haven't done that is I don't have the right venue. I need a very special kind of venue, um, you know, which is set in nature with enough space to work with reflectors, but also um, to allow for aura, what we call aura-free space, which is 
no one else around um, so that we can be in our own energy field but still have some kind of cooking or catering (laughs) off to the side somewhere. Yeah, so it's an unusual kind of place that I'm looking for, Um, but that's that's something I haven't found yet. So if anyone knows of anything, that would be wonderful. Well, I think you're putting it out to, to the right people. So for our listeners, if you have a place that comes to mind, and Christine, I know that you're based on Waihiki. Um, are you thinking North Island or are you not fussed? Uh, North Island, yes. Ideally North Island, yeah. North definitely. Island, nature, and somewhere where they can be away from other people's energy type because the projector is so affected by other people's energy. Um, that's amazing. So if anyone knows of anything, they can reach out to Christine and you can let us know right now what's coming up for you in the next six months and how can people connect with you if they do know a good venue or they want to come to the next retreat or book um, a consult with you. How can they do that? Yeah, so what's coming up for me is I have a live retreat that I'm running um, just in a few weeks' time, which is actually fully booked now. Um, however, yeah, there'll be more coming up in the in the future, next year anyway. I love leading live retreats um and uh what was your other question how um, do they get in touch with me yeah mm. so my website is www.humandesign.nz really easy and that's the best place i have all my offerings on there so you can get in touch with me through that site Okay, so they could maybe if they go, I don't even know what type I am. And even if I did find out by Googling it, which you can do for free, they might be like, I don't even know what it means. And that was me six years ago. I knew I was a generator, but which didn't surprise me at all, just the name of it. But I didn't know what that meant. And I certainly didn't know what my two projector children or my manifesting generator child, I didn't know what that meant. And I I do wish I'd known back then. I do wish I'd looked into it. So, you know, it's never too late. So for those of you listening, um, you can get in touch with Christine and you can find out all about that humandesign.nz. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And actually, if you want to see your chart for free, you can go onto my site and go to the page that says your map. And there's a button there, which takes you through into a system where you can put in your time, place and date of birth and get your free chart. So perfect. Yep. When you say, so um, some people will say, oh, but I don't know what time I was born. How mm. critical is that? And should they put in like, a, a random time if they don't know? Yeah, um, accurate birth data is extremely helpful because your, your chart can change um, depending on the movement of the planets on the day. Um, so, but if you don't know your time, put it in 12 o'clock, you know, it's right in the middle of the day. <laughs> you can be at least half the way close to whatever your birth time is. Um, and then play around and look at some alternative times and see if it looks very different. Uh, and then you might want to do some digging and see if you can find your accurate birth time. Yeah. Amazing. That's so good. All right. Um, well, it, it really, we're coming to the end, but before we wrap up, is there anything else you would love to share with our listeners today around the topic of claiming your sovereignty with human design? I think the the thing to remember about human design is that it's about learning to love yourself (laughs) it's not really about learning a system it's about learning to get in touch with the you that you're really built to be so that your interaction with life is one that you can love I think that's what we all need what an amazing message to end on I think it is exactly what we need learning to love yourself I love that thank you so much Christine for joining us today Yeah, thanks for having me, Natalie. Yeah, it's lovely to be here.
And thank you everyone for listening. And we wish you well on claiming your own sovereignty. Thanks. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.